Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Aaron Lansky, and we're here today with Josh Lambert, who is the center's new, and I should add, long-awaited uh, full-time academic director. Josh, I think it's your first official full-time day on the job. And so I think <laughs> this is a great way to begin to let you introduce yourself to our, our members. So I'm going to start just by welcoming you. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to be here. Great, good. Amazing is a good, good place to start. And just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, oh, where sure. you come from. And uh, well, so I grew up in Toronto, Canada, um, and I went to Jewish day schools there. And... Uh, as a high school student, I was into creative writing, and, uh, and I had a fairly broad-based Jewish education, and then I went to college uh, at Harvard and studied with some amazing people there. Uh, I was very inspired by classes I took with Ruth Weiss. Um, my, my, my teacher. And, right. Uh, yeah, with whom I studied at McGill. Yeah. And, um, and what else? And what else? And then I went on from, from Harvard to work in... Uh, uh, I, I ran a Jewish book review, I worked for a, a, a publishing company, uh, and then I went back to graduate school and worked on a PhD in American literature where I... Uh, at that the was at Michigan? That was at the University of Michigan where mm -hmm. I worked with um, Anita Norwich and, uh, and Jonathan Friedman. And what I tried to do there is, is do a very uh, focused study of, of American literature that was also attentive to uh, American Yiddish culture. Um, and I finished a dissertation there uh, in 2009, and since then I've been teaching as a Dorot Assistant Professor Faculty Fellow at New York University, where I te I've been teaching courses on American Jewish literature and uh, pop culture and theater and things like that. Great. Well, our, uh, our first introduction, I think, was by uh, my, our mutual friend Sam Kassau, a professor of Jewish history at Trinity. And, and his wife Lisa, who heads the Hillel there, I think, was it Sukkot that we were introduced? Or uh, yeah, I think so. I yeah. remember sitting outside and <laughs> right, uh, right, right. When we, the very, the very first time. But actually, I had known about you before that because I had read this really interesting article you had written about uh, the the place of American Jewish literature in college English departments. Can you tell us a little bit what that was all about? Sure. Well, this is this came out of. Um uh, some work I did with a friend of mine whose name is Laurie Harrison Kahan, and she teaches at uh, at Boston College. Um, we we both had the experience as graduate students uh, in English departments, and this is the, you know we've confirmed this with many other people who've uh, gone to English departments as we did, uh, wanting to study Jewish literature. And um, the experience you have is you sit down with an advisor in your second or third year as a graduate student and you're trying to pick a topic for a dissertation and your advisor says to you, well, it's all fine and good that you're interested in Jewish literature, but you should know that that's a terrible idea if you ever want to get a job or if you ever uh, want to sort of make an impact on American literature as a field. And what's incredible about getting that advice is you're getting that advice from someone who has just published an incredibly brilliant book in the field of American Jewish literature, someone whose work is, is, is excellent. So, you know, both Lori and I had, had had this experience, and we've talked to many other people as graduate students who had this experience, and we were, we were just confused by it and fascinated by it. How could so much work, excellent work, be getting done in this field? How could there be so much fascinating um, scholarship produced on American Jewish writers, on Yiddish writers in America, um, and on all the sort of ways that Jews were crucial to the development of American popular and high culture. 
at the same time as our advisors were saying, you know, whoa, 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 hold on, this, is, this might not be a good path to go down. So we got together a group of scholars to think through this issue at the uh, Modern Languages Association Conference, which is the big professional conference for scholars of modern literature. Um, and that was in, I think, 2009 we did that. And we called it, you know, intentionally to be provocative, does the English department have a Jewish problem? And I think partly on the strength of the title, but on the strength of the interest that, that people have in this issue, we got a, a, a standing room only crowd. Wow, which uh, is unusual, right? Uh, which, is, which is unusual for you know, an MLA panel. And, uh, and there was a real energy in the room, a real energy both in terms of the excitement about this field and the work that's being done in it, and also a sense of institutional and disciplinary and political challenges to uh, to placing um, Jewish literature within the modern English department in a way that will feel satisfying. Uh, so, was it a candid conversation? Uh, yeah, I think it was. It was. It, it was relatively candid. I, you know, the, the the one of the challenges of talking about institutional issues is that uh, some people can't feel that comfortable about talking about private conversations that happen, say, on a hiring committee of course, at right. their university or at a curricular committee. But you do get, we did get, you know, quite a lot of, uh, you know, sort of excellent anecdotes. And it, it did help to sort of build a sense of, of what experiences people were having. One of my mentors, Jonathan Friedman, spoke about the experience he had uh, being the chair of the American Studies program, uh, temporarily filling in for someone else. And when a student came to him and asked him, whether a course in American Jewish literature could count as the ethnic studies requirement for the American studies major. And up till that point, it had not been able to count. The idea of studying Jewish culture was not considered ethnic culture by the you know, departmental standards. And so he talked about the, the, the balancing act he had, to, uh, he had to take on in speaking to his colleagues and uh, thinking about the students' needs and thinking about sort of where, what all the attitudes about Jewishness in within the, the sort of modern academy, what they are and, and, and how to work with them. So, so why that, I don't know, prejudice in the first place? I mean, first of all, I assume that many other so-called ethnic literatures are taught in English departments in America, right? I, I mean, yes and no. It's, it's, a, it's a really complicated thing because I think you can't, you can't think of Jewish, Jewish literature in the, in the American literary context or in the English department context as totally unique because if you spoke to people who work on other, what we could call white European literature, someone who, who works on Italian American literature, they might also feel something similar, which is that there's, uh, there's not exactly a disciplinary place um, to, 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 to occupy as a scholar of a sort of white, European immigrant literature. Um, so there, there's that context for it, but you know, there's a lot you can say about, about why we reached this situation. I mean, uh, you know, one of the, one of the major points and, a, and an important one is that the reason, one of the reasons we have such a robust study of multicultural and multi-ethnic literature in English departments is because of the identity politics movements of the 60s and the way that those uh, uh, led to the creation of ethnic studies centers on campuses. So we got Native American studies, we right. got African American studies out of those movements, and in part as an effort to uh, bring underrepresented uh, groups of people into the English department. 
And the truth about Jews is that Jews have not been underrepresented in English departments as faculty members. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to find a strong English department without at least a, a good handful of Jews on uh, the English department staff. But the question is whether those people have training and interest in uh, Jewish literature so that they can read an American Yiddish writer, for instance, um, even, even taking a writer like Isaac Pesheva Singer, uh, whether there's room in an English department to teach him not just by, through his English translations, but to be aware of his original Yiddish writing and his writing under pseudonyms and his, right, right, um, right. you know, all the games he played in transitioning from Yiddish to English and back and forth. Yeah, the, the same could even be said for American Jewish writers who write in English. I mean, we're, you know, there's a danger in acontextualizing them. You know, we, we think of writers like Philip Roth or certainly Saul Bellow as kind of the, you know, these are the giants of, of American letters, you know, by, by, any, by any accounting. Yet they do come out of a specifically Jewish context and they're heir to a deeply, a deep Jewish literary tradition. So that to view them acontextually, I think, presents a problem, right? Right, and even, I'd go even further than that, um, the scholar at Columbia, Dan Miron, the great scholar of uh, modern Hebrew and Yiddish literature, uh, has, a, has a new book that just came out last year called From uh, Continuity to Contiguity, where, at, at least in the way that I read Miron, he argues even further than that, that even writers who are fairly ignorant of the Jewish literary tradition, in their ignorance, in their relation of ignorance, it can have deep, meaningful ways of, of helping us to understand what their what their writing was and how it and how it connects. So the example he gives is, is Kafka, who, uh, in his reading of of Kafka, really m deeply misunderstood both modern Hebrew and modern Yiddish literary culture. K Kafka misunderstood. Kafka misunderstood. Yeah, right, yeah. right. That uh, as Miron looks at, uh, you know, Kafka in his journals was fascinated with Hebrew and was learning Hebrew towards the end of his life. Kafka had some interactions with modern Yiddish culture, was sort of interested in the idea of modern Yiddish theater. But as Miron understands Kafka, Kafka got it all wrong. He didn't really understand this as to be honest, so many of us, you know, don't entirely understand the complexities of the Yiddish and Hebrew world. And, and, and I'll say from my own work, um, for instance, the, the trope of ignorance of Hebrew in American Jewish writing, of feeling um, unsure of oneself vis-a-vis -vis Jewishness because you don't understand Hebrew words, it's all sounding like gobbledygook. That's a trope and experience that is, runs throughout American Jewish literature. I remember in Philip Roth and Portnoy's complaint. He's uh, Alexander Portnoy's about to go off to visit the parents of his non-Jewish girlfriend, who I think live in Iowa. I can't, can't remember now. Yeah, I, I right. think in Iowa, in, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he's not quite sure how he's going to present himself and how he's going to explain that he's Jewish and kind of fess up to this. And he said, "Well, what should I do? Speak in Yiddish?" And then he says, "But how can I?" He said, "I have twenty-five words to my name. You know, half dirty and the rest mispronounced." Right. So I think that's a theme that goes very. Uh, you know, there was profound literature that came out of that phenomenon of ignorance. I mean, the phenomenon of Jews struggling with their own identity right. and, and knowing what they don't know. It's, in that same yeah. scene, Portnoy goes to visit the, this family of his college girlfriend, and he uh, retreats to the bathroom feeling like, oh my God, what am I doing in here, and who are these people? And what he thinks to himself is the words of the psalm, by the waters of Babylon, we, we, we lay down and wept, right. which is the classic uh, Jewish traditional uh, uh, response to... Uh, being outside your comfort zone, to being in, in exile, and to making art in exile. So Roth, I think very much the way you're saying, is not just 
um, showing us what it is to not know. He's showing us what it is to be conscious of what you don't know or, or, or be part of this thing that you feel only partly in control of. That there's, there's real depth to the way that he's thinking through the relationship of Portnoy to right. a whole right. Jewish literary and textual and religious tradition. Right. You're aware that you're heir to a tradition you don't know. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. So all that said, so what are you hoping to accomplish here? Why at the Yiddish <laughs> Book Center? And, you know, what's ahead? Um, no, I, I think it's, it's, it's wonderful to be here. And, and as I'm just getting started, uh, I think the possibilities are, are huge. And, I, and I'm excited to see wh where, what we'll be able to accomplish. You know, what I'm excited about you know, uh, uh, to get to, to jump into as we get started uh, are the develop I'm, I'm excited to be part of the development of more educational programs that um, situate themselves not as strictly academic programs, um, but also not necessarily as the kind of programs uh, we have seen sort of going on at your local JCCs or at other uh, sort of uh, adult ed kind of uh, uh, programs for the Jewish community. What I, what I really hope we can accomplish is something that steps in between those two possibilities and really brings a deep sense of the richness of modern Jewish culture to um, audiences and groups who aren't necessarily served by the kind of uh, options that are out there. So one thing that I'm very excited that we'll be doing this summer is the Great Jewish Books Program. Do you just very briefly describe what that's going to be? Sure. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about it. So what Great Jewish Books is going to be the, for this first summer is that for a week this summer, we're going to bring together uh, 18 college uh, not college, sorry, high school students, uh, rising juniors and seniors in high school. Um, so you can imagine about 17-year-olds uh, from all across the country, from a range of all across, different... Actually, from, from everywhere, right? Right, from North, everywhere, North America, exactly. but, but everywhere else too. Yeah. Right, yeah, and, yeah. and from really a range of backgrounds, um, and bring them together to talk about modern Jewish culture um, and modern Jewish literature uh, in a way that... that I don't know that a lot of um, high school students get. I mean, I'll say from my own experience, I was a I was a day school student. I was, you know, up till up till twelfth grade, I was doing Talmud in the mornings and Tanakh and rabbinics, and then biology in the afternoon. What what kind of day school? Oh, it's it was a it's technically a community day school um, with a sort of. Um, with with a good amount of orthodox staff, but uh, but but coed and um, and community in its in its uh, sort of self designation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and I loved it. I had a great experience there, and I and I and I you know very much appreciate everything, uh, all the all the sort of Jewish literacy that I that I got out of the experience. Um, what I'll say is that in our English classes, we didn't even touch. Um, uh, certainly not Canadian or American Jewish writing. I mean, this was in Canada, and we didn't get... You didn't you know, read Mordechai Richler. You. We didn't get any Richler. We didn't get any um, Philip Roth. We didn't get any Saul Bellow. We didn't get any Cynthia Ozick. We didn't get anything anything that even mm -hmm. resembles the literature that I've come to, to love and study. Um, and not to mention that we didn't get Shalom Aleichem or Peretz or, or Mendele or uh, Sholem Ash or... Did you know the names? Um, 
What we did get a tiny bit of was modern Hebrew writing uh, in our uh, in our Hebrew sort of language and culture classes. So you know, meaning Agnon, or meaning, meaning like a little Agnon, no yeah. Agnon, you know Agnon, yeah. and and you know maybe a, a couple other things here and there, maybe maybe Bialik, you know a little uh, bit uh, yeah, of yeah. Amos Oz and yeah. certainly Bialik. So there was there was a little bit of that um, in our in our Hebrew classes, but no, I mean I I I, I remember. The experience of reading Philip Roth for the first time, I think just after I had graduated high school, and it hit me like a comet, you know, like a, like a lightning bolt, uh, because it was, in, it was so incredibly relevant to, to my life, and so, in my experience of it, so richly reflective mm-hmm. about the experiences I was having. Um, and I think, you know, there, there are, of course, reasons why it's very difficult in a setting like that, you know, to teach uh, to teach modern Jewish culture, my one of my m- mentors at the um, University of Michigan, a guy named Julian Levinson, who's who's wonderful and, sure, and has sure. written wonderful wonderfully on American Jewish culture, um, has an essay called "Is There a Jewish Text in This Class?" where he writes about the problem of and I and I forget what the examples he uses in that essay are, but but I think he uses a couple of Yiddish poems and the problem that he brings up is that. Uh, great literature is about conflict. It's about it's about uh, it's about tension and strife. And when you're educating in a in a circumstance like a Jewish day school, where you want everyone to feel good about their connection to Ju- Judaism and you want them to uh, feel warm and communal, it can feel a little risky to introduce a writer who's angry or who's bitter or who has a serious critique. And when you look back at great Jewish writers from Mendel to Shalom Aleichem, they're bitterly uh, satirical and critical of elements in the Ju- in their Jewish communities, just like every you know, just like uh, great American writers of all stripes are, or, or always, great writers of all stripes. Great, right, you know, all, all great literature comes out of conflict, contradiction. Uh, right, you know, all, all the things that are left out. Right, right. Unhappy yeah. families is 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 are, are unhappy. I, I, I literally just walked through the Great Hall on my way in to meet with you and. Uh, one of our uh, fellows is out there, and he's sitting at the front desk, and he's reading "Call It Sleep" by Henry Roth. Well, that is certainly not a cheery book. That, that right. is such a, a study in such deep pathology, so brilliantly written, you know. Right, and, it, and so it, I assume you didn't read that with the Rabbanim in day school, right? Well, ex- yeah. exactly, exactly. Right. I mean, and the and the portrait of the of the of the cheder in that book is blistering. Is uh, it's it, way worse than anything Mendel ever did. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and and yet I, you know, and yet I think part of the argument of the academic work that I do is that. There's real value in that kind of literary approach to the lives that we're leading to 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 um, to grapple seriously with the, not with not with just the 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 comfortable and uplifting parts of our culture, but to right. but because we really struggle with our culture to to engage with the art that reflects that. Right, and I think we can safely say that. You, look, obviously, it's a small percent. Unlike Canada. It's a small percentage of Jewish kids in the United States who actually go to day schools. And they're certainly getting, if, if, if you weren't reading it in Canada, trust me, they're really not reading sure. it here, you know, with, with, with very, very few uh, exceptions. And the truth is, in public school as well, one rarely encounters these, perhaps slightly more often, and there's an irony in that also, but one generally is not encountering Roth or Bellow or Grace Paley or or, or right. I mean, these are not writers that are commonly read in the, in the in the literary canon here either. So really, there's no exposure to all this. So therefore, you're going to open up a new program that's going to uh, suddenly 
blow kids' minds, right, and open up this whole literature for them. That's, I mean, that's what I hope. I, I mean, certainly encountering this literature for me was was an awakening of a sort, and I and I feel like if you find high school students who are interested in literature to begin with um, and are interested in Jewish culture, but they don't, they haven't really connected with the incredible bounty of modern Jewish literature. It's it's a slam dunk. I mean, I I, I really hope we'll we'll be able to uh, help these students uh, connect with with this with uh, the incredible riches of this tradition. No, I I can't wait. It's really going to be exciting. So if anybody is interested, uh, they need to log on to our website at yiddishbookcenter.org and just follow the links, and you'll find your way to the Great Jewish Books Program. I just type it into the search bar. Right. And uh, I know the deadline's approaching soon, but I don't know exactly when it is. Do I you? believe the deadline for applications is March 15th. Okay, so, so we, we still really, have some time. But yes, but we really encourage people, if you have kids or grandchildren or anyone you know, or if you yourself are of the right age and are listening, uh, we really encourage applications. And, and, and we be. should say that the program is entirely free Yes, uh, thanks to our friend Michael Steinhardt. Uh, right. Yeah, completely free. And so... Uh, uh, you know, it will certainly be selective, but it will be an experience of a lifetime and uh, really a great week. And of course, if this catches on, we'll expand the program in subsequent summers and have loads more young people and more sessions as well. So we're uh, really, ex- do, we know, do you know the dates offhand also, John? Um, it's, it's the end of July, I think July 29th to August 5th. Uh, but I, it, yeah. it, you know, give or take a right. day. Last yeah. week of July, first week of August, right. one, one week program. Yes. And, uh, so we encourage people to apply for that. I know there's a lot more coming up, and we're going to have to have you come back and talk more about some of these other programs. We have the Steiner program coming up this summer for college students. We have the Fellows program coming up, all of which are going to take, uh, um, you know, those, those deadlines are approaching very quickly. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. encourage people to check those out for college students and recent grads. And we're certainly talking about programs for older adults, you know, for, uh, oh, we have a program coming up on Chaim Grader, I think, right, in March. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think the, the idea is, is to find ways to do programs here at the center and also online and, and involve as, as many of the Book Center's members and, and just the, the general community in uh, substantive engagements with modern Jewish literature as much as we can. Great. Well, today's just the Forspice, and, and this is just the introduction to just introduce you and you know, give a slight sense of what the menu is that lies ahead. But I think we can both say with certainty that we don't really know completely what you'll be doing six months from now <laughs> right. or a year from now. That, you know, the, the world is so vastly open here. There's such a, you know, these immense riches of Jewish culture are, are waiting. Somehow when you're literally sitting atop, you know, a million books that are essentially unknown and to, to a large degree, even to scholars of the literature, you know, most of this has been unexplored. We realize just what, you know, it, it is really an ocean here of, of Jewish learning of all sorts, of Jewish literature and culture of all sorts. And our job is to figure out how to you know, bring that back to the world. So I can't possibly think of a more exciting enterprise, nor of a person more suited to, or better suited to the task. So, so welcome, Josh. Can't wait to get started. Oh, thanks so much. Mm-hmm.